Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Aiden Cassiotis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, results strategist, business coach, mentor, and consultant. Today, I have an awesome guest. He is an international best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and firefighter. He founded a game-changing product for firefighters and now helps people to understand that creating a warrior mindset is critical for entrepreneurship and business leadership. Welcome, Zachary Green, and thank you for being on my show. Athan, thank you so much. I can't tell you how excited I am to spend some time with you and your listeners today. You're very welcome, mate. It's awesome to have you here as well. I'm sure there's going to be huge amounts of value shared with all the watchers and listeners today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, just please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Certainly. So, um, you know, it started about 60, maybe 50 pounds ago in 30 years uh, at Paris Island in the Marine Corps, where I became a uh, United States Marine. And what I really learned at that time is that warrior ethos that we'll be talking a lot about today, that, that bulletproof attitude of mission accomplishment, no matter what, mission accomplishment before troop welfare. Um, I got out of the Marine Corps in the late 90s. A few years later, September 11th happened, obviously a day that affected all of us, but especially here in the United States. And I felt guilty, so I joined our local volunteer fire department. And I got lost in the fire. And it was a really horrifying experience not being able to see where you were inside the fire. And so I wanted to come up with a solution to that problem. And what I came up with is using this glow-in-the-dark material. Think of it as like a glow-in-the-dark on steroids. And I put it into different materials for firefighters on their helmets and on their tools. Started selling it out of the trunk of my car. Made about 5000 bucks in six months. Uh, went ahead and quit my full-time job, which was at Eli Lilly, a big brand and marketing company. Uh, went to a big trade show. In three days, we sold $100,000 of business. Um, I had no money to buy the raw material, no way to fill those orders, no way to distribute it. But again, that warrior ethos, the Marine Corps background, I'm going to accomplish this mission no matter what. Ended up having to refinance my house, max out my credit cards, borrow money from friends and family, but eventually turned it into about a $30 million company over the next couple of years. Yeah, awesome, mate. What an amazing journey there. And so interesting, um, you know, listening to it from, from your end. And let's maybe um, touch a little bit initially on the US Marine Corps, because I know that, you know, I, I haven't done it myself, but I know, you know, from people that, that talk about it, there is a lot of, you know, disciplines, a lot of things that happen, um, you know, in the Marine Corps, and you spent many years um, doing it there. So, you know, how did that really shape you in your early years? So I think it really fits to the thesis of my book, and that is how iron sharpens iron, how adversity prepares you for your ultimate crucible later in your life. The Marine Corps is very, very difficult. Uh, the boot camp is very long. People die all the time during the training. I mean, it's, it's serious, serious stuff. And the best example I could give you is if you and a friend wanted to go to the top of a mountain, and he decides he's going to take the bus to the top, but you're not only going to take the trail, you're going to take the most difficult trail. Now you're both going to get to the top of that mountain, but the experience you're going to have is going to be so much more beneficial because you conquered that mountain. You didn't just survive it and show up. And you're also better trained for everything else that comes in the future. And so what I mean by that is we were given these, these different types of things during training, these obstacles, 
these different types of um, hardships. And what they did is they prepared you and they gave you what I call rhino skin, you know, the tough skin that you literally, nothing's unbreakable. And by the time you go through that process and you really do transform as you get rid of your civilian weak uh, habits and you develop these warrior habits, no matter what they put in front of you, you can accomplish it. And there's a lot of different things that fall into that. Teamwork, heart, grit, fortitude, important thing now that we really haven't spent a lot of time on in the last decade or two is, is mental health and serenity. If you can't be right up here, it's hard for you to be right in the other areas. And so that, that kind of put me on that trajectory to allow me to get through those very difficult times because there were some really dark times during my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, love that, mate. Really powerful. And I can only imagine. And I look, I look at doing an obstacle course at sometimes, you know, it will be nothing like the Marine Corps, but something cool to, um, you know, overcome some obstacles in a, in a different way. So I don't know if I could do it now myself, but <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I know we've got to, we've got to train for these things, right? Uh, you can't run a marathon just by, you know, turning up one day, you've got to train yourself and, and your mind, right? Like you've said over exactly. those times in different areas. So love that as well, mate. And obviously you became a firefighter later which is very high risk you know and you're sort of on edge you're waiting you know for things to happen so how initially did that i guess define who you are as well well i, I think there was a couple things playing into that number one i've always wanted to be a firefighter even since i was a little kid you know what little kid doesn't want to do that um number two is i have a deep sense of patriotism and service to our country um and since i couldn't serve anymore in the military I wanted to continue to serve and with what we've seen now with this war on terror that the, the battlefield is no longer in a far off distant land. It, it can be right in our backyard on a, a public bus. It could be at a soccer game. It could be wherever. So that was another reason is I wanted to continue to serve our country, even though I wasn't in the Marines anymore. But the third one, and this is kind of a selfish reason, Guys that join the Marine Corps, guys and girls that join the fire service, we're adrenaline junkies. We like to be on the edge of that fear and that danger. And it's funny because I'm the most calm when I'm showing up to your house and there's fire blowing out of the windows. People are jumping out. We've got all this gear. I get to a level of zen, very similar to a basketball player that's shooting free throws and he can tune out all the noise that's in the audience. That's what happens to me. And it's funny because as an entrepreneur, I've experienced that same level of stress and craziness and stuff that happens. And as that warrior mindset allows me to really get focused in those high impact environments that would crush most people. Yeah, love that, mate. Really powerful um, all there. And obviously, you know, from that, you've obviously then saw the opportunity, like you mentioned, about solving the problem for firefighters and, and founded, you know, Lum Aware Safety. So that was awesome on how that's grown to, it was $30 million, right, um, for that business there, which is, um, you know, that's a big feat, right, like to to get it to that. Among all the the trials and, and challenges you had along the journey uh, that you mentioned earlier. So that's uh, really awesome there. And um, I guess... You know, what's maybe one of the biggest lessons, let's talk about it, from that journey that you've had and, and how, you know, how you grew it to that amount? So I, I, I think when I'm looking at helping other businesses or potentially investing in businesses, I've got to look for the same things that I did to make me successful and get through that process. And it's a three-step process. So these three components, think of it as a three-legged stool. You can't have a stool with just two of them. The first one is you have to solve a problem in a unique and elegant way. 
a lot of times people go out and they sell features and benefits. The problem is, is until you find that someone has a problem and you have a solution to their problem, it's very difficult for them to want to give you money for that service or that good. But if you can identify the problem they have and a solution, that especially an elegant solution, that's that first step. But that only gets you so far. There's a lot of great ideas and a lot of great solutions out there. The second thing you need to have is an unfair competitive business advantage. Because we are smaller companies, because we're startups, we don't have the money, we don't have the manpower, we don't have the intellectual experience that these larger companies have, you have to find something unfair. Now, I didn't say illegal, I didn't say unethical, but unfair. And what I did in my case is I hired 400 off-duty firefighters to be sales reps for me. Nobody is better to another firefighter than a fellow firefighter. They get it. And as my companies would try to bring in these big, high-powered, expensive, other um, types of uh, consultants and sales reps, at, at the end of the day, I was hiring their brothers and the people that worked with them. So that, that made a huge difference. And then the third one, which is the most important one, and this is where I see a lot of companies fail, you have to have absolutely tremendous sales, marketing, and distribution. This is critical. If you've got the greatest idea in the world and no one knows about it and they don't know how to buy it and you can't ship it, it won't matter. And I'm amazed the amount of uh, entrepreneurs that spend all this money on patents and they're so scared that someone's going to steal their idea. And what ends up happening is they do such a great job of protecting their idea that no one knows about. It. I would tell any entrepreneur, don't spend the money on a patent because by the way, you can't afford not just the patent, you can't afford the defense of the patent. You're talking millions of dollars. And by the way, the person that's going to steal the patent is not going to be a small company. It's going to be a big, big company. Spend that money on Facebook advertising. Spend that money on distribution. Spend that money on going to a trade show. So again, if you can complete those three things, that's kind of the best advice I can give anybody uh, that wants to start off on an entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, love that, mate. Really powerful. I completely agree with, with all of those points there. So Let's get into it now. You recently re released your book, Warrior Entrepreneur, right? Which is a bestseller. So congratulations um, with that as well. That's Thank you. Awesome, awesome feat. Um, I, I aim to get there at some point soon. But, you know, let's, let's, it's all about you today. So um, tell us more, I guess, about the book and, and how it can help us. Right. So the book was supposed to be an autobiography. And as I was working with my editorial team, they said, Zach, I hate to break the news to you but nobody cares about your story, except maybe your mom or your wife or something. So that's only two books that I could sell and they probably wouldn't pay me anyway. So he said, what is, <clears throat> unless your name's like, you know, Beyonce or Barack Obama, nobody cares enough to buy your autobiography. What's the story that you want to tell? What made you where you are? And what I look back to is that experience I had when I was 18 years old in the Marine Corps. And having all that challenge and that difficulty that prepared me for that crucible, that battle that lied ahead. And as I started to research this, I said, you know, there's a lot of information here, biological information, psychological information around this concept of using hardship and adversity to help you to grow. We think of that as something that's bad. We're embarrassed that we had a difficult childhood that didn't have good, a lot of money. We're embarrassed that we didn't have a father in our life. But a warrior is going to look at that and say, no, that's going to make me stronger because I'm more resilient. And the reality is the kids in boot camp that had a harder life in the projects or in the community areas where, you know, there was a lot of poverty, they did much better than I did 
because they've already had that rhino skin that's established. So that's the first concept. And then the book, the first third is, I talk a lot about the biological implications of stress, the sympathetic, parasympathetic systems, fight or flight, and how we can tune into those. Then I get into, and I break it down into a couple different categories, tenacity, resilience, grit, added adapt, adaptability, gosh, I can't talk here, um, serenity, grace, all these different things that a warrior has. And I go out and I interview several people from active duty military to professors talking about ancient Spartans or samurai <coughs> to other entrepreneurs. And during that time, I weave my story in and out of it. So think of this book as almost a playbook, not just what I found is it's not for entrepreneurs. It's for anybody that wants to get ahead in life. Yes, there is somewhat of an entrepreneurial focus just because that's the area that I came from. But at the end of the day, if I can summarize the book in one quick, you know, five or 10 second message, it's how to use adversity and challenge to overcome and conquer your crucibles and develop that warrior mindset. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> really powerful there. Um, thank you for, for sharing that. And it does sound like a very awesome book and you know you mentioned about the spartans i'm, I'm greek background and uh, i know there's a lot of famous greeks whether they're warriors or philosophers right over the years that have um you know made a big difference to our society and things like that so uh it's very cool that you've uh, incorporated uh, these elements for everyone in a you know more concise element there and i've got a lot of great greek quotes in there and um you know it's amazing the the greek stories the greek myths how true they are. And, and if you all go back to the Odyssey that you know Homer wrote and Odysseus is going through and battling the, the Cyclops and the Hydras and everything, it's the exact same journey as my book. Adversity, challenge, you have this crucible, this moment. And if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger and then you become unbeatable. And that, that story goes back to many, many centuries ago. Yeah, definitely, mate. Awesome stuff. Um, so you know, you talk a lot about that. And, um, you know, a lot of people, entrepreneurs, you know, they don't see that mindset. They always think about like business strategies. I want to do business, right? But, but mindset, I think the term, I think the most common term, or maybe it's not the most common, but the term that I think is potentially the most important that you mentioned just before is grit, right? And a lot of people maybe don't understand what it is um, and, you know, how important it is. So do you want to maybe explain it a little bit more about grit and why it's so important yeah so you know you, you see this a lot with the mba students and the people that have you know come from the big schools They're like well we got in a business plan put in the business plan i don't give a rat's ass about your business plan because the reality is is that we said in the military no battle plan survives the first shot down range uh, mike tyson said nobody everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face well i guarantee this you can have the most detailed business plan in the world. As soon as things start to happen, you can almost throw it out. Now it's good to plan and it's good to have those types of things out there. That's, that's important. But that the grit is the glue that's going to hold all that together because the unknown is what's going to happen. You can plan out on every type of spreadsheet you can imagine, your cash flow and your analysis but then something can happen like what happened to me. Now, I had planned that every month I was going to make a little bit more money. But when you get a $100,000 order, do you say no or do you say yes? Now, your business plan says, well, we're not going to supposed to make 100000 until we sell X amount of products. But if you're given that, you throw the business plan out and you say, we're going to do it. Now, how do you do that? First of all, 
there's this thing called the cash conversion cycle that most people don't understand. That's the amount of time it takes for you to take your cash and convert it into profit. That means you have to buy a raw material. You have to pay to have it manufactured. You have to have it packaged. You have to have it distributed. You have to pay for someone to sell it for you. And then once you sell it, you got to get paid because just because you sell it doesn't mean you're going to get paid. And getting paid means the cash actually goes into your bank account because these larger companies sometimes don't pay on time. And what grit is going to do is going to help you get through those dark times. Grit is going to do what I did, which is say, I don't have the money, but you know what? I'm going to take it out of my house. I'm going to max out my credit cards. And I was able to have an amazing partner, my wonderful wife who supported me in this whole project because she understood that's what it was going to take. And you go back to the Spartans that you talked about. I think the strongest component of the Spartan family was the woman, the Spartan wives that told their men, you either come home with a victory or you don't come home at all. And the ability for them to take care of the house and take care of everything else and support them, it's tremendous. You need to have that partner. So grit is basically saying, no matter what's going to happen, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to figure this out. And guess what? It is not going to be easy. It's going to be the toughest thing you've ever done in your life. Yeah. Amazing that there, right? And I completely agree. Most people think, oh, business is going to be good, but it's really a personal journey initially of, uh, you know, trying to overcome many hurdles along the journey. And it will continue to happen, right? Because you never know. There's always unpredictability in business and life in general. So love that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about in innovation more now because, you know, it's becoming extremely important. You know, you mentioned about sort of having that unfair advantage, but at some point, you know, our competitors or something, they can potentially catch up to us, right? So um, we need to be able to keep innovating, I guess, in the business to make it better, to continue to grow. So do you want to maybe um, give us your thoughts about that and maybe some tips or something about how to be innovative? You know, I, I don't think you can teach innovation. I don't think you can teach creativity. You either have it or you don't. What we say is necessity is the mother of all inventions, right? Solve the problem. That's how you become innovative. Think of different ways to solve that problem. Once you come up with that innovation, the beauty of being a small business is you can innovate fast. And what I like to say is you can fail fast. Fail fast and fail forward. And the reason why is, the bigger, larger companies that are out there are so scared of making a mistake because they've got these middle-level managers that want to get to become an upper-level manager. And the best way they can do that is to not screw anything up. If they take a project that's very innovative, very unique, and they mess it up, they're done. They've got that big red X that's going to be on them. But an entrepreneur doesn't care. An entrepreneur can innovate and continue to change. So that's the first one is over and over again, almost try to make a failure because that'll show you ways not to do it. That, that's the first concept. The second one is it doesn't have to be perfect. I see a lot of people wait till it's 100%. It only needs to be 80 or 90%. Perfect, perfection is the enemy of completion. That last 10%, the amount of effort, the money and everything it takes to get to that point can, can just stop it. It's better to get sales first and get things going and then come out with the next version that's out there. But at the end of the day, innovation doesn't matter if you can't distribute it and people don't know about it and they don't know how to buy it. So I, I think marketing and sales is, is actually more important than innovation because you can take a product that's not very good. And if you put good distribution and marketing behind it, it's going to sell a lot. You can take a great product that's very innovative, but if nobody knows about it and they can't buy it, it's not going to sell a lot. 
Yeah, so true, mate. And uh, yeah, completely agree. Sales and marketing and those are definitely um, more of the uh, required skills, the most important ones, because if no one knows about it or um, you can't connect the dots with the wants and the needs of people, then um, yeah, you're not going to have a business really in the end. So I love that. Um, and, you know, there's obviously a lot of focus on those, but I think what's becoming more important now in business is leadership, right? Because, um, you know, there's a difference between a manager and a leader, right? And leaders, you know, lead from the front. There's a lot of things about leadership, um, but a lot of people probably don't understand it um, that well and, and want to become it. So do you want to maybe let us know about your thoughts about leadership and how can we can become better leaders? So I'm glad you you made that clarification because that's the first thing I say off the bat is don't ever confuse management and leadership. Management is checking the box, making sure you're doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. A leader is not tied to a title. You can be the CEO of a company and not be a leader. You may be a good manager and keeping track, but that woman that's worked in payroll for 30 years that knows everybody's birthday, that knows everything that's going on, that could be the great leader. So a couple quick things, and we could spend hours talking about leadership here. The first thing I do to know a true leader is someone that develops other leaders. Someone that's willing to give up the accolades to somebody else and help lift other people up. That's number one. The second thing is leaders work with intangibles. A leader is not going to lead well if they're focused on the day-to-day tactics and show up at nine o'clock and leave at five o'clock and fill this form out this way. They should get to know you and what inspires you and what makes you happy and how they can lead. There's some people that don't care about money. They want recognition and fame. There's other people that they just want to go home every day at five o'clock and spend time with their kids. And as a leader, you're going to have to know each person on that team, what motivates them to, to get them to accomplish their goal for that overall arching organization. I think one of the things we're starting to see now is the importance of mental health. And gone are the days where the, the, the taskmasters, they're yelling at people to do their job and telling them you have to you know, stay late or do this type of thing. Now we're finding the companies that don't have vacation policies. Take as much vacation as you want. That's what I do at my company. Now don't abuse it. And you can't take off in the middle of like the busiest time of the year, but do what you need to do because you're going to come back recharged. We don't have... Um, from a lot of our staff, they don't have to check in at a time clock. They show up and then they leave when they leave and they show up when they need to show up. And you know what? A lot of times I find them we're checking emails at eight o'clock at night or coming in on a Saturday. So leadership is one of those things that is very unique and very personal because leadership has to do with individuals. Now, when you're at a very large organization, you have to send that strategy and that vision out. Yes, that's a whole nother thing. But for talking for interpersonal, and most entrepreneurs are going to start with five or 10 employees. They're not going to start with 100. It's really finding what motivates them and giving them the opportunity to um, grow as leaders themselves. Yeah, love that. Really powerful um, explanation about leadership there. And um, yeah, I think we're always you know, the aim should be always to become better leaders over time, um, you know, so love that, mate. And, you know, from there, you know, obviously having the right business, whether it's a small business, a large business, um, the key thing to grow and scale is team members, right? Other people. Um, so, you know, recruiting becomes a massive thing because we want to be able to get the right people, um, you know, for our business. And it can be a challenge for entrepreneurs, especially, you know, if they're an earlier stage in their business um, to get the right people in. So do you want to maybe give us some tips about how to hire the right people in our businesses? 
So it's funny, um, you should always hire people that are better than everyone else that's in the organization. And the reason why is a statistical concept called regression to the mean, which means if you put everything together, they're all gonna eventually come towards the middle. If you have a bunch of high people, but a ton of low people, they're gonna eventually pull those high people down. But if you've got a bunch of high people and one person's not that great, they'll lift them up. Usually the people that start off with the organization are not the highest qualified people, but they tend to have a lot of heart because they see your vision as an entrepreneur and they want to grow. And you're going to have to constantly be swapping people in and out of the organization as you grow. But I will tell you the best advice I got is that entrepreneurs suck at hiring people, period. And this is the reason why. Entrepreneurs like Athens, like yourself and me, we're energetic people. We're talking about our vision. We're so excited. Almost every single interview with an entrepreneur, or more importantly, the founder, goes like this. Here's my vision. I started out of the trunk of my car. I want to do this, that, and the other. We're right on the precipice of this greatness. Would you like to be part of an organization like that? Absolutely. So now they're excited. You get excited because they're excited. They're excited because you're excited because they're excited. And before you know it, you've talked for a half hour about how great your company is, never got a chance to ask them those tough questions, and you hire them. And what I did is I ended up surrounding myself with a lot of people that agreed with everything I said. A lot of people are really happy and excited to be part of the organization, but they weren't real qualified. So what I tell people early on is outsource it. It's absolutely vitally important to an HR professional that knows recruiting backwards and forwards and also use those assessments that are out there, those online assessments. There's a million of them. They're scary how accurate they are when they, you can plug in, hey, it's for a sales job or an admin job or this type of thing. The person fills out that personality profile and tells you how they line up. Those things have been tremendous. Yeah, love it, mate. Definitely. Um, we can't do everything ourselves. We're not the best. So get other people to help us um, who are experts in that area. So love that. And you worked at SAP for a while, right? And for those people that don't know, this is one of the biggest if not the biggest ERP company in the world, right? And uh, I, I worked with SAP and I was a super user when I worked at a big environmental company uh, throughout my years as well. So I know systems quite well. And, you know, ERP systems in general, I guess, are really important to be able to manage the business well, right? Whether it's SAP, whether it's a, that's a large, that's for large businesses, because they, you know, it's a massive investment for those, but there's obviously smaller ones for that as well, for smaller businesses. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about um, those types of systems and, you know, how it's important for us to have them in our business to grow? Yeah. And so, you know, one thing I did learn about SAP is the software was what you made of it. The software itself wasn't where the magic was. The magic was in the consulting and how you implemented it and how you put those processes together. But first of all, I, I think you got to have a good financial package. You got to know finances. You got to know backwards and forwards. You don't need a full-time CFO. You don't need a full-time controller. You can outsource that. But QuickBooks Online is, is tremendous. I'm a big fan of QuickBooks Online. That'll get you up to probably a couple million dollars a year in revenue. It starts to get a little tricky when you're doing tons of transactions or inventory control. But for the most part, that one's absolutely critical. Another system I highly, highly recommend is Fiverr. Um, I'm amazed the amount of money that I spent in the past with these big PR and marketing firms to just develop a logo or develop a 30 second whiteboard video. If you go onto Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, you can get a logo for $10, it's incredible. 
Um, I was able to get a whiteboard video that was being quoted in the $20,000 range from three major agencies back in Cincinnati, Ohio. I got it at Fiverr for 20 bucks and it was tremendous. So that, that's another good one that's out there for a tool and, and a system. And then I think um, the, the other thing to think about is, is you've got a phone. You know, anything you have should be accessible on your phone. It should have a corresponding app because as an entrepreneur, you don't want to spend a lot of time in the office. You can't kill buffalo when you're sitting on the lodge. You got to go out in the field and do stuff. And for me, I can be gone from the office for two weeks. As long as I have my phone next to me, I can do virtually anything. Yeah, love that, mate. So true, and and how it, uh, yeah, it impacts us in different ways and how to look at things. So, completely agree with those uh, things as well. Uh, those systems, we definitely need them. So, um, I guess a lot of people think they can do things themselves a lot of the time, and you know, we, we go through a lot of failures. But a lot of the time, um, the way to not have as many failures, it's still, still, we still get failures no matter what, right? What happens? But someone that can help us on our journey or potentially fast track the journey is having people around us, right? Like coaches, mentors, advisors, things like that, that can help us to maybe learn from their experiences, like people learning from you right now, for example, so that they don't make um, more mistakes, you know, than they need to in that way to get there quicker. So don't maybe talk about your experience um, in this area and how that's helped you along your journey as well. So I, I've learned probably more from my mistakes than I have from my successes. And one of the biggest mistakes, and I, and I share this in my book, is the company's moving along. We're making good revenue, not really good profit, but I'm doing everything. I'm micromanaging my employees. I'm not letting anybody make any decisions. And it wasn't the big decisions that were tough for me. It was the volume of small decisions, just dozens upon dozens of small decisions a day. And it all came to a head about three or four years ago when my CFO uh, called me on vacation and said that we were going to have to liquidate the company and we were going to basically go for bankruptcy in the next couple of days. I had what I thought was a heart attack. It turned out to be a panic attack. It was my body's way. It was God's way of telling me that, hey, this isn't working. You can't continue on like this. I mean, I was going to die. The stress that I encountered <clears throat> in the military, the stress I encountered in the fire service was nothing compared to the stress as an entrepreneur, the money that you owe to the credit cards, the, the, the fact that my house was refinanced and I could have lost the house if we filed for bankruptcy, all these type of things. So what I did is I stepped back and realized I was the bottleneck and I was micromanaging too much and I need to let more people in. So the first thing I did was step down as CEO and brought in a new CEO that had experience. And the reason why is this concept, it's a wonderful book by Gina Wickman called Rocket Fuel, tremendous book. And it basically talks, and I think it should be a necessary reading for any founder or entrepreneur. Rocket Fuel is made up of two liquids. It's kerosene and liquid oxygen. Either one of them on their own aren't that big of a deal, but when you mix them together, you literally can get to outer space. And what the rocket fuel and entrepreneurship is the visionary and the integrator. The visionary is the founder. The visionary is the entrepreneur. The visionary is me, super ADHD. Well, they call it multitasking when you get out of school, but it's called ADHD when you're in school. You know, I'm doing five, six things at one time, a lot of energy, big personality, big relationships. The integrator is the opposite. They're the person that gets their nose down to the grindstone. They check out and make sure that the finances are in order, that HR has got everything, that we've got the right employees in the right seats doing the right jobs. And when you can do that and the two come together, it's like rocket fuel. And that's what happened for my company. When that happened, 
our company absolutely started to, to skyrocket and flourish. And then when COVID came along, we had to completely pivot our entire business structure because I was no longer responsible for the day-to-day -day operations of the company. I was able to put all my visionary and creative efforts into our COVID protector products. And it turned out that last year, we had the biggest year we had in the history of the company during the COVID crisis, all because I was able to be freed up from all that extra work as, as running the company. I could then be more of a creative force of the company. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Really cool. And uh, it just shows that, yeah, we, we can't, it, you know, as much as we need to know as much as possible, it's good as an entrepreneur to know, have wide knowledge, but we can't be specialists in all these areas and get people that compliment us um, on our journey. So that's, uh, that's and your, awesome. your entrepreneurial journey. Your company is like a baby. And if you hold your baby on a pillow for five years and never let them fall down, they're never going to learn how to walk. If you keep them at home when they're 25 years old and never kick them out of the house to get a job, then you're not helping them. That's the same thing with your business. As an entrepreneur and a founder, you grow it, you start it, but there has to be a point where you then make that transition and you start to back off and let the company start to walk. And it's going to, it's going to trip a couple of times. That's okay. If you have the right team in place, they'll yeah. fix it. Definitely, mate. Love that. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about failure and, you know, making mistakes and things like that, um, you know, which is part of life and, you know, entrepreneurship and everything like that. So do you want to maybe just what you're seeing? Because I know you're sort of looking at different businesses and stuff as well. You've worked in a lot of different businesses and that is maybe what are some of the biggest mistakes, either one or multiple that people, you know, you see people doing in business that they, you know, could uh, learn from. You know, it's, it's stubbornness, I think, is one of the biggest things, especially in small companies, because you can't have an individual that, that really doesn't want to get moved. In the larger companies, it's a little more difficult. It's funny, when I worked at Eli Lilly, big company, I hated the bureaucracy. I hated the politics. But you know what? I missed it when I got my own company because bureaucracy is there for a reason. It sets your own idea through a, several different filters that, yes, are slow. Yes, they take time. Yes, they change your vision. But there's a reason why, because the legal team has to do this and the marketing team has to do that. And the science team has to do that. And there's a process that's in there. So letting that process work its way through. Now, a lot of times you don't have that process. So that's difficult. You've got to be able to develop that process. So I think that's that's a big one there. And, and just, um, you know, making sure that you can empower other people to make those decisions to help you out. That's where that, that team really comes together. Yeah, love it, mate. Really powerful. Completely agree there. And, um, you know, you shared so much today. It's been amazing. And um, I guess as we're, you know, getting closer to wrapping up now, um, do you want to maybe share what one key piece of advice would you give the all the entrepreneurs watching and listening today? Yeah, I, I mean, don't give up. Um, yeah, I mean, there comes a certain point in time when enough is enough. I get that. But most people give up way too soon. There's a famous story, actually, I think it was from in your neck of the woods in Australia or South Africa or something where a guy bought this land that supposedly had a huge diamonds uh, there. And he dug up all the dirt for years and years and never found the diamonds, died, uh, sold the business, was broke. The guy that bought it from him just went down six inches deeper and found the largest diamonds in the entire world. So you're, you never know where you're right there on that edge. The only way that an entrepreneurial company can quit or to fail is for an entrepreneur to quit. 
And again, it's okay to quit if you get to a certain point where you just simply can't do it anymore. I get it. But if you want that warrior spirit and if you want to go after that top of the top, and the reason 90% of businesses fail in 10 years is because the founder gave up. And I will tell you, there is a solution for every single problem that's out there. The problem is, is what you have to do for that solution. Most people aren't willing to do that. And, and I get that. Most people aren't willing to put their house on the market. Most people aren't willing to spend 80 something hours at their office and not see their kids and their family. Most people aren't willing to drop, fly on an airplane 100 to 200 times a year. Um, but there is a solution to every single problem out there if you look hard enough and you're willing to have the rhino skin to go up with the challenges that those solutions may present. Yeah, love that, mate. And, you know, to, to just wrap it up in a little saying that I know as well is um, spend the first few years like nobody wants to so you can spend the rest of your life like nobody can, right? I think that sums it up. more. Yeah, definitely, mate. That's what it's all about. So go through the hard yards and it'll all be better in the end. So, Zachary, we uh, connected through our networks where I learned about your awesome journey from being in the U.S. Marine Corps to being a firefighter to founding Lumberware Safety with a game-changing product for firefighters and most recently helping people to become a warrior entrepreneur through your book, uh, best-selling book as well. And, you know, you're an awesome guy. You provide a huge amount of value today. I'm sure you'll continue to make a big difference in creating better entrepreneurs and leaders I'm very grateful that we connected and I look forward to working with you in the future. So how can people find you and get in contact with you? Thanks for asking. Um, I'm very excited to announce, I think this is the first podcast I've announced on that I'm starting a warrior training framework program. It's going to be an interactive online training process. This is not just sit down and watch a couple of videos. There's workbooks, there's workshops. You're going to have actual one-on-one -on -one time with me. The best way to get information on when this course launches, and we're already starting to pre-sell some of the seats are going rather quickly here, is go to warriorentrepreneurbook.com, warriorentrepreneurbook.com. There you can contact me. Just go right to the bottom and contact us. Um, we'll get you information on that course. You can also buy all the books there. And I'm willing to offer a 50% off to your uh, guests um, if they use the words podcast2021 in the uh, coupon code, they can get 50% off. So um, going to the website, um, you can always email me, ZacharyLGreen at gmail.com. And um, also want to let you know, Athen, I, I've taken your lead and we just launched our podcast. It's called The Warrior's Voice. It's done between myself and a Marine Colonel. And that's available now on Apple, Google, Spotify. Just type in The Warrior's Voice and uh, hopefully, Athan, I can have you on as a guest uh, if I'm if, once we get big enough. Yeah, awesome, mate. Um, yeah, love to be a guest. I'm happy to be on there and, and talk a lot about mindset and about the warrior's journey because I'm all about that as well. And um, yeah, definitely check out. You know, Zachary's book sounds amazing. I'm gonna get it at some point shortly, and um, you know, his courses and, and everything else that he's doing. Um, check him out because uh, I think that there's a lot of awesome stuff that we can learn from Zachary here today. So. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis, or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way we know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results. Mm -hmm.